Hello, everyone, and welcome to UCM Radio, The Beats. You're listening to Chatting It Up, the only radio show where I play Minecraft during and after the production. I'm Greg Burns, and today I will be joined by... Bruns, a game developer major here at UCM. Howdy. Don't ask me why I uh, took that so dark. Uh, I don't... It's just kind of the mood in this new room. Uh, I, it's actually kind of decorated the same, now that I think about it. It's bigger, yeah. though, so it's, like, more intimidating. I feel like... I feel like Batman's just going to swoop down from the ceiling at any moment for some reason. It is, like... I probably just sort of sitting so low, but ceiling. I did just notice how low your chair is compared to every other chair in the room. <laughs> you can raise it. <laughs> you you have that ability. Like I don't hold you hostage here. Help for all you listeners out there. There is no help. <laughs> uh, that that actually reminds me of a joke I had to remove. Uh, there, there was a there was a joke. Me and my my best friend was on here. And we pretended, like, we, we did a whole thing where, like, he pretended to be strangled by me. We we were sitting, like, you know, I think it was actually in this room. So we were, like, this far apart. Mm-hmm. And he just was, like, ah, you know, like, doing the sound effects in the mic. And, like, during post-production, I was, like, you know what? This sounds too realistic. I probably shouldn't have this in the show. <laughs> How do you know what someone's being strangled sounds like? Something you, like, tell the audience? I like Assassin's Creed. That is fair. That is a good <laughs> answer. That is a good answer. You just saved yourself there. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Bruns here uh, is a part of the eSports team here at UCM. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have like a position on there or like what? Well, currently I'm only volunteering, helping with the Rainbow Six team during my free time as I didn't have the required GPA this period semester to continue playing on one of our varsity teams. But I've been with the program for all of its conception um, since my freshman year, first semester. That was, let's see, the, uh, the fall of 2019 is when we had our first season. Back then, we only had one team, and that was Overwatch. So we had a bunch of guys. Like there was, I think there was 12 of us on the team that first year. And uh, I didn't really play Overwatch, but I had our director, Shattuck, awesome guy. He's one of our professors here. Um, I found out about the program just on accident. Um, when I came for my freshman orientation, I was at time looking into cybersecurity. I'm not anymore, but at time I was. And there was no one here in cybersecurity at time to show us around or talk with us. So Shattuck, being the upstanding guy he is, offered to talk to me and my family and show us around and whatnot. And... We got to talking about, I, I don't remember how it came up, something about video games, I mean, and he mentioned to us the esports team and so and how he was thinking of starting it. So, like, I'd be totally on board. So, when freshman year rolled around, I got in contact with him, and sure enough, he had started it. So, I managed, I tried out and managed to get a spot on it our freshman year, my freshman year. And um, we, we only had Overwatch the first semester. But uh, we've been branching out into a lot of new games recently and trying around. But um, it's it's an amazing program we've got going now. Nice. So uh, what are all the games that you guys have then? So currently, uh, I'm going to have to give me a second to remember them. Because <laughs> we have a lot of them and they change a lot. Uh, our varsity teams are, of course, Rainbow Six, 
We have a Super Smash Bros. varsity team. They're superstars, all right? Last semester, they did extremely well in all the tournaments they were in. We took, I think, first in one of them. I don't remember what in the others, but amazing as well. But um, NBA 2K, I don't know if we still have that around. We had it last semester. But um, we had a League of Legends team. That's what I played. But uh, due to players not having good GPAs and just players leaving, we currently had to downgrade to a club team, which is not eligible for sponsorship. I'm technically the captain of it, but we don't really have a full team to field right now. So it's kind of a non-team right now. It's shelved, we'll say, until we get more interest in it. But um, shoot, what else do we have? Oh, and we also, it's our first semester with a varsity Hearthstone team. I haven't heard anything about them yet. I don't know if they've competed or not, but it's something to be keep an eye on. We do stream our matches pretty regularly at um, twitch.tv slash UCMO esports. Um, I think we have our schedule on there now. And if you just follow, you'll get notified whenever we go live with any games from any of our um, t- uh, teams, if you're into that. But, yeah. Cool. And uh, whose pockets do I have to wet in order to get split gate on that list? So, until <laughs> split gate... I don't know if split gate has tournaments yet. Do you know? Uh, I do not know. I'm assuming no because mm-hmm. it is fresh off the press kind of thing. But uh, I don't know. So, it's not like an esports game mm-hmm. yet. However, I've played it. But... Yeah. Like, I, I feel like it has the vibes to be an esports game for some reason. Like, it's mm-hmm. just, it's such a good game. <laughs> Let me just say that. Like, it, I really enjoy it. I see it as a really casual game. Like, I can't sit down and play it for hours at a time. I'll play a match every now and then between other games or whenever I've just got a minute, I'll sit down and play it. Because it's a shooter that's not, like, really tactic intensive. It's just like, hey, it's Halo but with portals, basically. It's fun. Play it. Um, and I think it's got a really good vibe to it, personally. I really like it. Oh, yeah. But it, it's got potential. But my favorite part of it is, like, I have a bunch of other friends who play it, too. So, like, playing with them or, like, even just, like, playing the game while talking to them. It's one of those games that you can do that mm. easily with. Yeah. You ever play Halo Reach back in the day? Yeah. I was... You know Big Team Battle? Oh, yeah. <laughs> imagine that with Splitgate. 16 on 16, huge map. Oh, imagine that. I gotta go ahead and uh, call some of uh, my friends real quick. Um, yeah, you uh, you might be uh, hearing about us here soon. <laughs> hmm? <laughs> uh, I was a dumb joke. I, I sorry, I didn't understand what you meant by that. I didn't either, actually. Let me, <laughs> let me try that again. Actually, <laughs> let me go ahead and call some of my friends of mine. We'll get some programming done. All right, there all right. Now, now everyone's on page with yeah. what I was trying to get across. <laughs> Yeah, give give me on that team. There's not going to be, you know, some crime spree because that's what it kind of sounded like I was trying to say. (laughs) You're breaking. What's the company that makes it called? Do you you know off the top of your head? Uh, Splitgate? Yeah. uh, You're breaking in their headquarters and enforcing (laughs) big team battle on them? (laughs) I mean, I know they have, uh, have, uh, what, snipers versus big heads or something like that? No, it's like uh, snipers and shotties. Oh, they have snipers and shotties. But uh, one of the uh, one of the so that's one of the regular game modes. They have two separate types of game modes. They're like casual and, and then like ranked. and 
Yeah, they had a ranked, ranked now. Yeah. Well, I know there is a ranked thing, but is the one I'm trying to think of ranked? I don't know. But, like, you know, they have, like, a bunch of, like, just completely random things are goofy. Like, they have teabag confirmed. That's. <laughs> and, I saw and, that. That was. I think they moved that under casual now and, like, a rotating oh, gamer thing. Because they're out of beta now. Mm-hmm. So, they kind of changed around oh, wait, parts I, of their I, menu. I think it's casual and ranked. And then the menu then continues on to be, like the just the original game modes and then some like the goofy like mm-hmm. you know publicly liked ones and so that, that's what i'm talking about right now is the goofy publicly liked ones yeah. so like they have teabag confirmed uh they I have like zombie vip which is vip but like everyone just runs like 10 times as fast and just has bats <laughs> and then the vip has a shotgun and can't run as fast I'm going to go see that still up after we get done this. It, it should be. And that they, sounds awesome. And they have another one called, uh, it was like Big Head Snipers, I think, which everyone's just a big head with, with a sniper rifle. <laughs> so yeah, it's just a bunch of goofy game modes like that. I'm trying to think of the other ones, but I think those are like the main three the, that uh, we played. Yeah, if you want. God, I'm getting back to like Halo Reach. Yeah. Back in like the <laughs> zombies lobbies. Where you, uh, you know that one map, it was like, just randomly up in the sky on Forge World, and you had yeah. that one tower in the corner. There'd always be one dude sitting up there just <laughs> holding off like Doom Guy. God. Halo is such a good... I hope they do good with Infinite. I honestly hope they do. I haven't pre-ordered it just because I don't trust pre-orders anymore. <laughs> I haven't trusted pre-orders since Fallout 76. Yeah, can't, um, can't blame you with that. Uh, mm-hmm. Lately, there have been some pretty rough pre-orders. Yeah. I did... Go all in on Humankind. Have you heard about that? I don't think I've heard of that one, it's, actually. It's a 4X game. But um, it's like a competitor to Civilization, Sid Meier's, um, that just came out. It got delayed back from March and came out back in August, like 17th, I think it was. And that was good. I, I'm glad I went on that one. It's a good game. Recommend. Is, uh, so, real quick, like... So Civ Six, like when when I or like any Civilization game, when mm-hmm. I play that, that takes like twelve hours. Is it still like the same thing? But is it yeah. or is it like shorter? Well, like most games, you can speed up the pace of the game. Like uh, I remember Civilization had a quick uh, mode, like where years progress faster and you got yields more just to make the game go faster. But I personally like the really long games. Okay. Like um. And so it's it's like a public like uh like not not public, but is it like a multiplayer there we go that's yeah you can you can play single player or multiplayer in the same way you could have said like with like opening up a lobby where you have like a few of your friends and like some ai and whatnot it works in a pretty similar way okay and so like what so like it sounds a lot like civilization so what's the big difference like what's the big selling point so the selling point you know how in civilization you pick a civ at the start Mm -hmm. in humankind you start as a culturalist tribe and like you're nomadic you don't have a city until you go around and build up your population of nomads, find a place to settle. Then you pick like a starting culture to be. Then like as you go through each era, you pick a culture to like you can either evolve your culture into something else. Like my first game, I went from like I was the Phoenicians, then I became the Romans, then I became the Franks. And I did that. Or you can just choose to keep the one you're on at a boost. Oh, so uh, would you say then it's kind of like Spore, but probably more advanced than like you, you don't like start as like a civilization. You start as like, oh, yes, I am an organism. And then you slowly like develop like or, you know, but starting at like the civilization kind of mm-hmm. portion of the game. So like 
you're not really anything and then like you choose to evolve into a certain type of civilization? I think it's comparable. Of course, you don't have... Well, kind of. You, you can pick how like what kind of victory type, kind of like Civ games that you wanted to go for with it. Uh, they're still balancing those out, though. But because it's still a pretty fresh game, they've only had so much beta to see what, what's strong, what can you win with and whatnot, and what needs to be buffed or nerfed. But it's comparable in that where there's like ages you have to it. We're going to take a quick commercial break here. When we get back, we'll be hearing more from Bruns about, well, video games. And welcome back to Chatting It Up on UCM Radio, The Beat. God, I haven't played Spore in forever. <laughs> Probably because the game came out in like 2000 and what, four? 2004, 2002, somewhere around there. I don't know. I remember playing, that was like the first game I ever bought on Steam. Really? No, so I bought it on Origin. That's where I bought it. It was like the first like computer game I bought online instead of getting a disc for. I remember that. I loved that game when I was little. Try to think. I think my first computer game I bought was Terraria. Oh, that's an amazing game. That is an amazing game. I haven't played it since before they released the end patch that they just put out. Mm -hmm. But I've heard I've heard good things about it. It's really good. I haven't looked much into what actually they added, though. I will say. It's a lot. Is it is Moon Lord still the last guy? Mm-hmm. What'd they add then? Uh, just a lot of like pre of that kind of uh like pre end content. Uh, there's a lot more. Uh, I'm trying to think because like now I've played it and I'm trying to think of previous things. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, there's a lot. Mm, ah, what's and, new? <laughs> are there new like mandatory bosses? There's no new mandatory bosses, okay. uh, but I think there's a new mini boss. Uh, I I know there's 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 a new one for sure, but there's one that I'm questioning about. I because I don't know when they added it. It was like the Light Lord or something like that. Uh, the fairy? Not not the fairy. No. Uh, it's it's a uh, it's like an Easter egg boss. I guess you can call it. It's one not many people know about. And so how it works is if you place like a hundred torches within a very small amount of space, i.e. right next to each other in like mm-hmm. a, a square underground. And so the only light source is coming from those 100 torches. It will start an event and all those torches will start uh, shooting fireballs at you. And if you survive, because each time they shoot a fireball it extinguishes the torch. And so if you survive all 100 uh, fireballs being shot at you, then you get a uh, like the boon of the light lord, I think. And so all it does is pretty much every time it, it's a permanent buff in the game, where every time you place a torch, it will be of the like the biome you're in, kind of thing. So like if you place a wooden torch in an ice biome, it's now an ice torch. If you place uh-huh. it in a corrupt biome, it's a corrupt torch. And then you can you can turn it off to like just be regular torches all the time or turn it back on. Hmm. But yeah, 
it it's I, I don't know when they added it. I never it, heard of that. Yeah, it's it's one of their like really lesser known ones because it's like really how would you know of that? There's no context in the game to tell you it's a thing. It's just one of those like I was scrolling through YouTube and it popped up. I was like, what the heck is this? And I was like, oh geez, okay, that that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Which Trey is great like that. Like there's like even playing for years, there's still stuff you don't know about. Mm-hmm. I remember my first run through back back in high school. We played it on iOS instead of computer. I had it, but like I had no one to play it with, so I splurged and just got it on iOS to play with friends. But I remember our first run through. Um, we were all down at like the I what's it called? Is it what's it? They what do they call the Nether basically of Terraria? The hell. Hell. Okay. Yeah. I didn't remember if it was called <laughs> hell or not, but um, we were I uh, we had like. I think four of us down there sitting like the gym floor after school and we were like fight. We started the fight. Then someone got his name called because he was getting picked up. And so like he dropped out and we lost the fight because we didn't have him because he was our DPS. Oh, we were all man. really pissed at him for no reason. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we had a reason. It was a I dumb think reason. Before high school, I was playing on Xbox with my friends on that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, like after like middle school and whatnot, uh, most of my friends who were playing Terraria were no longer playing. And I was like, well, I still want to play. And I got this new laptop. So I went ahead and just got it for the, the laptop. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I have a 500, or was it 560 hours in the game on Steam, uh, not counting my Xbox time. <laughs> However, like, yeah. that's probably an extra, like, three or so hundreds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's easy to rack up hours in those kind of games. Oh, yeah. Like, I've racked up about... 2.5k on Civ 5 because I have about uh, 600-ish, I think, on Steam, but I played it on a disc for years, nonstop, basically, and an estimate would probably be about 15k on there. It's like 1,500 on there, not 15k. I don't have that much time. (laughs) Uh, I I have a buddy of mine uh, who (laughs) I I make fun of him for this all the time. Because his most played game on Steam is Farming Simulator. And do you want to guess how many hours he has in the game? 2K. Yes. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. <laughs> this guy has 2,000 hours in Farming Simulator. Is it that good of a game? <laughs> Wait, like, just one of them? Like, not, is that, that's not counting, like, every time they put out one every year. What? I, I'm legitimately at a loss for words and like how you can spend that much time just farming. Like, is there not an end game? No. You just farm. <laughs> yep. I've never played the game, so I guess I can never understand until I do. And e- even if you do play it, I doubt you'd understand as much as he does. <laughs> fair. That's fair. Is uh, it like a kind of like Stardew Valley's kind of progression? Like, there's not really an end game. You just kind of keep going. I don't know because I've never really played it. Oh, gotcha. I mean, I I was assumed it was more like The Sims, but like farming. Mm-hmm. Mostly because it's Farming Simulator, and you know, The Sims is short for simulator. So yeah. I guess that's where the connection came from. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. I make fun of him for that because, well, he deserves it. Yeah. He deserves it. <laughs> uh. But yeah, no, there's definitely, like, a lot of games, like, especially, like, the ones that are, like, 
like kind of like creative games or, or like strategy games like you're gonna spend a lot more time in those games than other ones because like the story games that i play like 20 or so hours because it takes like you know 20 mm-hmm. or so hours yeah. to, to beat you the story it. uh but then like in games like terraria or like uh seven days to die which i have like 220 hours also i only remember all of this because i looked at my list yesterday <laughs> <laughs> and that's why all the hours are fresh in my head. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like games like, you know, like Terraria, Seven Days to Die. Uh, there's another one I was playing called like Scrap Mechanic. I played that for I've heard, three. I've seen that one. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, but I played it over the course of three days and had over 30 hours. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I should... Uh, take I a should, break. I should t- yeah. yeah, pump those breaks a bit. <laughs> Speaking of like those story games, um, I've... I got a team together. We're, we've started our first major project for game development, um, a story-driven Souls-like game. I got a team of four people, counting myself, um, our studio. We're calling ourselves Overdose Games. And um, we got a pretty good foundation for a Souls-like game that we're putting together called Arthur, based upon Arthurian legend and other bits of Brythonic and Celtic mythology, mainly Brythonic, like Welsh stuff, because uh, that's actually where the Arthur mythos comes from. Um, it was adapted by the Anglo-Saxons who came over because when, and it's like a famous line, he says, you know, the Monty Python sketch, I'm off the king of the Britons, you know. The Britons were, or the Brythons were the tribe of the, basically the proto-Welsh, they were the Welsh before they were called the Welsh, basically. And so a lot of people, that's where the name Britain comes from. Is a lot of people don't really like, realize that, like, he wasn't English. It was adapted for an English story. But we've developed kind of like a different take on the mythos and story itself to have to make it unique in our own setting based upon that. And I think we got a good thing started here with that. Nice. Uh, did you want to like disclose any sort of like game uh, aspects of the game? Yeah, sure. Um, so basically, the game, whereas say in other, I guess Souls-like games, um, such as Dark Souls, you have like different pieces of armor, weapons, and stats you can increase and switch out and play that way. We're taking a different approach to that. You have Excalibur. How, and we're also throwing out stats and whatnot as well as as well as leveling in favor of skill-capped enemies and different mechanics to test your skill that way rather than, hey, you need to grind this so many souls or whatever. They reflavor it for each souls game to beat these guys and level up to them. I don't think that's the kind of game I want to design because I've never been a big fan of grindy games and I think it's a good take on it. But we still want to give a unique play style and you can choose how you want to play the game. So with Excalibur, you can wield it different, like you can pair it with other things. Like we have just the two-handed variant. Uh, I'm working on the animations right now for the sword and shield variant. And we have other plans for other things you can pair Excalibur with. And one of which we have, the game is set during the 800s, during the Dane Law. Um, when Arthur comes back, and we have, I'm not going to disclose the further story and whatnot, but there's a chance to fight some Vikings in it, and one of our weapons is a paired thrown axe that returns to you, like Mjolnir kind of does in, in Thor. 
But, yeah, I've got big hopes for the game, and I think we're going to be going smooth and steady. We've been going steady for a while. Um, we have this, myself, I do programming and uh, asset design. I have another friend of mine who is do, doing programming. We have a sound design guy and also our creative director. Nice. Yeah. And I'm hoping as time goes, we get something more steady, we can get more people onto the project. Cool, yeah. And I, I really like that idea too, because rather than like, like you said, like having the grind for your like, mm -hmm. you know, like leveling and all that stuff, like there's plenty of games where it's like, you have the skill to beat the level, but it's like, you just don't have the gear yet. Because yeah. or... you just don't have the stat stick yet. Yeah. Like, like you know what I mean by that? Mm -hmm. Mm hmm And so it's like, well, guess I got to keep grinding this boss until I get this end level gear so I can go ahead and fight the final boss. But no, I, I like how it's like, you know, like, ah, let's just not worry about that. Let's do like a skill-based mm -hmm. game. And so that way, like, the person can like, you know, develop their skill over time until they just get better at it. I'm trying to think of games that are like that. I mean, like... I mean, Dark games... Souls kind of already does that by itself. Each area, like, it's... Once you learn Dark Souls, it's not hard. But what's hard about it is how many gimmicks it hits you with. Like, each boss has some sort of unique gimmick or some area has a unique gimmick <laughs> that throws you off your toes. And once you learn that, you get through it. And it's all clean dandy. But, for example, like, um, have you played Dark Souls 3? Uh, a little bit, yeah. So there's a mid-tier boss, uh, the Dancer of the Boreal Valley. Now, all of the bosses in Dark Souls up to that point have actually a rhythmic stru structure of, like, 4-4. Um, four, four. Like, all of their attacks are timed in a certain way where it lines up. If you, like, know music, it's in a 4-4 four, four scale. The Dancer throws you completely off guard because her attacks are in 6-8. And so whenever she does, like, her combo and, like, you think you're used to that, hey, that's the time she's done that many moves, she's going to take a break, she keeps going and keeps you off guard. And it's stuff like that, just even just like the tiniest little things that you wouldn't think matter, change so much about difficulty and what it means for a game to be difficult. Yeah, and like th th that's one of the bosses that I know very well. Not because I fought that boss, because I didn't actually get very far in the game. Uh, mostly because I just kind of lost interest over time. Uh, but like, uh, I I really like that boss a lot because. One, it's just hilarious how it's called the dancer. So you think, oh, it's going to follow the music of the game kind of thing. And then it just completely obliterates that. She just like, starts swinging. I circles. do my own thing. Mm -hmm. And and what's really cool, though, is the fact that, like, the entire time, you don't, like, just human psychology, you don't register that, the like, the boss is going with the music most of the time. Like, most people won't register that that happens. Like the, There's going to be a few people who, who, like, when they play their go huh, that's weird, it, it's do, it's doing that, listening to music, they're going to be more like the musically inclined people who are going to recognize that pattern and be like, oh, okay, cool, and then, you know, they're going to know that. But most people aren't going to recognize that. And then the moment something changes, they're just not going to be able to function, kind of, because, mm -hmm. like, the this, like the brain is going to try its best to, con because, like, that's what the human brain does, it tries its best to ignore things. Mm -hmm. funny enough that's what the human brain does if you walk into a room every day for like a hundred days there's gonna be one day where someone's going to like there's gonna like a coat hanger in the room and it's gonna be a green coat on the hanger every day there could be one day where it's gonna be a blue coat but your brain will not tell you that your brain will ignore it yeah. because every day it's been a blue coat so why would it be a green coat this or whatever i said earlier yeah. Well, yeah so like that, that's really cool and so like the fact that they use the human psychology against the person playing mm -hmm. 
I really like that. There's, there's another boss that that does something similar. Uh, it's from uh, uh, Metal Gear. Can't say I've played it. Yeah, it, it's from, I believe, the original Metal Gear. Uh, I, I forgot what it's called. It's either, like, the first one or the second one, but, like, back on, like, the NES. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and, boy. Yeah, so, like, <laughs> a long time ago. And so the boss you would fight against... Uh, he, he, his whole thing was like psychology kind of thing. He was like, I can read your mind and your thoughts. And he starts breaking the fourth wall during the fight. He starts talking to the player. And, and he's like, I can like, you know, I can read your thoughts and do actions, you know, like uh, uh, faster than you. And so what, what that means and how the program worked was every time that the user would push a button, it would automatically register for both your character and the boss. So the boss will act differently to your thing. So like if you like, you know, pressed A to punch, he would automatically duck kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, doing things like that. So the boss was saying how like, oh, yes, I can, you know, read your minds and your actions and, you know, act accordingly and you do all that stuff. Uh, and so the entire boss is well, the fight is like pretty much impossible because like, you know, it's like, oh, yes, you know, I can read your mind and do all this stuff. And the program is making it to where you can't win. The only way to win was to unplug the controller from player one and plug it into player two. <laughs> as, as soon as you do that, it's like, and he's like, I, I can't read your thoughts now. And yeah, I, I think that's hilarious. The human brain works in such weird, like our psychological like process. Like, and it, we know it, it comes from evolutionary things. Like we have a pattern seeking brain from being hunter gatherers and whatnot. But are you familiar with the term the uncanny valley? I am not, no. So it's, the Uncanny Valley is, think of it as like a bar graph. Like the more human something gets, like appears, the more like um, comfortable we are with it. And then like, as it gets higher and higher, closer to human, right before it gets to human, it drops down. Things that are almost human make us uncomfortable. Like um, clowns, dolls, stuff like that makes us uncomfortable. That's the Uncanny Valley. Because... It's almost human service. And so a lot of people raise the question, why do we have the Uncanny Valley? What in our evolutionary past have we had to fear or be wary of that looked similar to us? And that's I that's kind of... Can you stop fueling my nightmares <laughs> for a second, please? <laughs> some people theorize aliens. Some people theorize like, a, you know, like skinwalkers or wendigos. That's another one that people theorize. There's a lot of talk about that. Yeah, no, that, that's really interesting. Uh, but sadly, we have to cut this a bit short mm-hmm. uh, today. Uh, but that's all the time we're going to have for now. Uh, I would just like to take a moment to thank Bruns here. Thank you. Uh, for coming in and talking with us a bit. Uh, tune in next time for another great episode with yet another great person here at UCM. And yet again, I'm Greg Burns, and you've been listening to Chatting It Up on UCM Radio, The Beat. Don't forget to check out twitch.tv slash UCM Esports for all of our esports coverage for all of our games. And thank you. Have a wonderful afternoon, evening, morning, midnight, somewhere, wherever you are. I'll find you. And give you a hug because you're <laughs> listening to my show. <laughs> Saved it. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.